Thought Bubble Audio. time to hate watch this welcome to our variety show for sarcastic people and this week we're bringing you a gift it is a true true gift we are coming to you in the spirit of hate watch and in the spirit of what i like to call cottage life uk yes (laughs) british cottage life Before we begin, I do want to let you know that y'all dodged a real bullet because originally Uh, we were supposed to watch the new Netflix show, Nailed It. Uh, uh, If you are curious at all, ATV covered it and they tell you everything you need to know about how horrible it is. Particularly the part where you should not watch it. Uh Uh-huh. It is very bad and not fun and it is, it's like... Such a hate watch. Like, it feels like a hate watch, but it's such a hate watch that I only hated it. Yeah. Yeah. I only made it through not even the whole first challenge, and I couldn't watch it anymore. I watched three episodes, Kelsey. Yeah. I don't know what happened to you. I was doing embroidery. My hands were really full. Yeah. (laughs) You know, normal things. Normal things. (laughs) I got a new project bag for my knitting, and it has a sheep on it, and you got to embroider the sweater to make it look like a knit sweater. (laughs) It's the little things. (laughs) It's very cute, and I did a very good job on the sweater, but I hated nailed it. (laughs) Did you nail it on your embroidery project, at least? Nailed it. (laughs) all right we're done this bit's over (laughs) someone give me the gold embroiderer's cap oh no that's when i quit actually i lied that's exactly when she quit that was the exact moment that i couldn't take it anymore it was like deuces (laughs) oh no so what we're bringing you instead yeah i'm gonna tell you a little bit about how i stumbled upon these items (laughs) (laughs) because it was in the aftermath of Nailed It. Yes. I was on Netflix, and I don't spend, like, a ton of time browsing on Netflix usually. I know what I'm there for, and I go to it, so this was new to me. And I scrolled down, like, two or three sections, and there was a section called British Reality TV, and I was like, (laughs) oh, this is a gift just for me. And... (laughs) There were so many good titles that I started snapping them to Kirstie, rapid fire, (laughs) and we discovered the two gems that we're going to talk about today in that section. So if you two have that recommended section of Netflix, you were in for a treat. Yeah, there's a lot of good shit there that I've been thinking about getting into over the last couple weeks, and these two were like at the top of that list, and I haven't gotten into them because I harbor some skepticism against Netflix and their licensed international content. (laughs) Did Cottage Life do you wrong? (laughs) No, actually, Cottage Life is like the only positive representation. (laughs) 
<laughs> on the platform. Says the person who finished all of projects. I finished all of projects when I was doing my embroidery. And I feel really lost. I don't know. I, so, I, I, don't know. <laughs> I needed something to fill the gaping void. <laughs> And maybe we found it. Maybe we didn't. We absolutely did. Without a doubt. We did. (laughs) The biggest regret for me in this moment is that one of the shows only has three episodes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the good news is that I think this could be a a recurring segment similar to how we already recur with Cottage Life. Yes. I don't think that's the right way to use that word. But it is now. <laughs> you make it sound like a cancer when you put it that way. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. We're recurring today with <laughs> British reality TV. <laughs> it's been a long week. <laughs> We're both super busted. Yeah. So the shows in question are. Secret Shopper. Mary Porbus Secret Shopper. Yes. And Weekend Aristocrats. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Somehow both of them are exactly what you think they're going to be. Uh, I disagree. (laughs) (laughs) One of them exceeds your expectations, and the other one is just vastly different than what you bargained for, (laughs) is how I'm going to pitch that. Fair enough. (laughs) I mean, I feel like both things are true at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I definitely wasn't let down by either of our selections. (laughs) It's just, it's been so joyful, especially because we've watched so many bad shows recently, Mm -hmm. to watch some, like, trashy television that was delightful. It was so delightful. I sat on my couch watching Mary Porvis with like a shit-eating grin on my face for the entire 45 minutes that we watched that. Both episodes of each of the shows made me laugh out loud and y'all know that I'm dead inside and don't have like outward reactions when I watch content. Right. Except when Outlander makes me cry but that doesn't count. (laughs) This is not an Outlander episode, Kirstie. Everything's an Outlander Outlander. episode if you try hard enough. (laughs) That is fair. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So do I get to talk about Secret Chopper now? You do. Let's get into it. Yay! (laughs) So, Mary Porvis' Secret Chopper. Um, I'm going to tell you the origin story of Mary Porvis' Secret Chopper. Oh my god, there's an origin story? Yeah, I'm making it up. (gasps) Oh. (laughs) (laughs) So Mary Porvis was at the hairdresser one day getting her hair dyed orange, and she thought of a brilliant idea. She was like, you know, I've watched Bar Rescue before. (laughs) And the thing about Bar Rescue is... They send in some secret people to, like, scope it out, and then they tell it like it is to the people who own the bar, and then they, you know, teach them a few lessons that seem pretty easy. They have a moment where John Taffer is, like, a therapist and, like, 
tries to really connect with these people. They renovate their bar, and then they either succeed or fail. And she was sitting there, and she was like, that, exactly that. Literally no changes from that, except (laughs) stores. (laughs) I want all of this except in a retail environment. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And British. (laughs) British. Oh, no. And, like, I enjoy a good bar rescue. You sure do. I don't love John Taffer by any means, (laughs) and I don't really love much about it, but I also, that's like a reality show I can deal with, and this was like an even more elevated experience of that. (laughs) Well, you've always been way more into Bar Rescue than I am. It's just a good format. There's like enough to keep you interested. Yeah. And there's enough to judge and poke holes into, which is what I'm here for. So, do you want to tell us about the store that Mary Porbus went to? Yeah. (laughs) So, we begin with a seamstress who uh, originally, for what, like 10 years or 15 years or some, some good length of time, had been running her own, like, evening gown slash plain old seamstress business. Yeah. Yeah. Uh tailoring, I guess, is what one might say if they use words. <laughs> um, and then she decided that uh having a bridal boutique has always been her dream. So at the end of the block that her current store was on, she opened a bridal store and turned them both into an episode of Hoarders, but with 80s curtains. <laughs> and like a a computer printout sign with pieces of paper taped together in, like, Lucida font. Literal clip clip art hearts. Yeah. So the the bridal store is called I Love Brides. I think it's just Love Brides at Maureen's. Love Brides at Maureen's. I don't know. Because the other store is called Maureen's. Right. (laughs) But the O's are the hearts, (laughs) if you weren't getting that. (laughs) Just to be really clear. Just to be, like, explicit. Like, pink <laughs> clip art. Like, someone opened not even Microsoft Word, but, like, Microsoft PowerPoint. And, like, put this on a slide. And then printed it and took it to a banner store. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Accurate. So, they their inventory is, like... Many years old because they impulse bought it in like Vegas. And no, that's the evening dresses. I mean, same difference. No, but there's a bigger story there. <laughs> that's true. I don't. I don't know what to do with that story. We'll get there. It's very Maybe. sticky. It gets real sticky in there. <laughs> <laughs> it really escalates. It really escalates. And so the general manager of the bridal store doesn't have a register, doesn't have a computer, and doesn't have a telephone? Or a kitchen. Or a kitchen. So they use walkie-talkies between the two storefronts. (laughs) And for reasons that are not 100% clear to me, whenever a bride is in there putting on a dress, the manager, like, radios back to the owner and is like, 
Julia's in her dress now. Like, I picturing her, like, hurtling herself down the street with, like, <laughs> clothes flapping. <laughs> and then, so, so first they send in the secret shoppers, right, who are, like, randos hired by the show to go in and interface with the store. And they take a bunch of, like, hidden camera footage and whatever. So the hidden camera is showing, like, the owner in her her shop the evening wear shop like tripping over shit in front of customers (laughs) like she's got like rolls of fabric that just like lean over the counter into the walkway and she's like tripping over it because it's legit an episode of hoarders and she gets into like a big fight with one of the customers and like calls her mental yeah that happens that 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 happens. happens I mean, it's it's literally like bar rescue in that sense. It's like you watch the ineptitude and you're like, how is this happening? Don't forget, there was also a sandwich incident. Oh my god. I can't <laughs> believe I forgot this. <laughs> she, The owner is in the middle of pinning a woman's dress to um, like take the notes for alterations. And she's negotiating with someone else in the shop, her husband maybe. About buying coleslaw sandwiches, which, like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah. What is happening in England? <laughs> Are you guys okay over there? I'm an if American, anyone... and it disturbed me. Yeah, if anyone's eaten a coleslaw sandwich and wants to tell us about it, please tweet us. <laughs> is it what it sounds like? Is it like a hoagie roll with coleslaw on it? I'm just And so nothing concerned. else? And nothing else, right? So it's like a lobster roll without a lobster? <laughs> it just, it sounds like the drippiest thing ever made. Yeah. I'm, I'm very alarmed to know that this exists outside of an Iowa State Fair. It seems like somehow it's the poor man's tuna sandwich. Oh, no. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> and then they bring the sandwiches into the shop while the customer is still there and proceed to eat them. Yeah. While still doing the pinning. Yeah. <laughs> and Mary Porvis can't handle it. No. <laughs> Is that the part where she, like, busts out laughing? Yeah, and she's like, I shouldn't be laughing. It's very sad. <laughs> it's so funny. She, like, literally can't compose herself. <laughs> We've all been there, Mary. We, we all have been there. <laughs> um, so then Mary goes into the shop and she gets to meet the people and talk to them about their life choices. And boy, does she. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, howdy, does she talk about their life choices. <laughs> In ways that I couldn't even imagine. No, no, wouldn't have said that out loud. I thought her husband was just, like, maybe did a little bit too much coke. The language of the show (laughs) makes it very difficult to actually talk about what is happening in this man's life because the show did not use sensitive language. But essentially, this man likes to dress as a woman, but it's never clear if he, like, identifies as a woman or, like, identifies as, like, not a man in any other form that that matters. I thought I got the sense, because I don't know how old this is either. Yeah. 
but I got the sense that it was less about that and more about, like, what I will air quotes as more acceptable, like, cross-dressing is fun. Well, yeah, well, so that's what I was trying to figure out is, like, is he closeted or does he just, like, drag? I think he just likes drag. Because that's, those are, like, completely different issues. Like, different, different paths, you know? I think he just likes putting on dresses. Which is fine. Yeah. But, like... (laughs) But the show was really cagey about it. I just want to, like, put everyone into the way that they present this. Yeah. It was alarming. We're in a dress shop. (laughs) And Mary Porvis is there to be like, maybe clean up your shit. And then lo and behold, we find out kind of alarmingly that the husband who also runs the store also likes to wear the dresses. Well, so what happens is she pulls out this one particularly awful, like, prom dress. Because this is where we get to the Vegas thing. Yeah. Where they got Um, taken for a ride. They got taken for a mad ride. (laughs) They bought a hundred dresses for a flat rate to get a free trip to Vegas. Yep. And the dresses that they bought look like they came out of an 80s themed revival TV show. Nightmare LSD induced fever dream. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So they're like these horrific ruched like neon colored sequined bodycon evening gowns and she makes the joke and these are her words not mine but she makes the joke something along the lines of them being for transvestites yeah and and then he gets cagey and she's yeah. like oh are you a transvestite <laughs> like this is how this happens <laughs> so this is why it felt really sticky to me cuz i was like i don't know how the show wants me to navigate this on this poor gentleman's <laughs> behalf. We are all left to our own devices at that point. <laughs> like, I didn't know how to warn you when you were watching it, this happen. I was just like, it escalates very rapidly. <laughs> this happens in the first, like, five minutes. <laughs> And then Mary goes into a back room and starts having a panic attack because she realizes that she's just made this joke about these dresses only being suitable for a crossdresser, and he is a crossdresser. Yeah. I don't know. Even that's, like, a dated term. Like, that's not a term yeah. we use anymore. Well, that's why I was wondering, like, is this 10 years old? Like, yeah. When you watch The Office from 10 years ago, That's we have true. the same, same conversation. It's very, very sticky. But, like, they immediately transition from this into, like, their wedding photos where they're both wearing white dresses. And I'm like, oh, oh. Well, and they refer to it as, what did she say? She said something about it being a tranny weekend, which, again, was her word. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, I don't know what's happening. And then she only lets him dress up as a woman sometimes, which was, like, another awkward marital thing that I wasn't ready for. Well, and that was also where I was trying to figure out if he was closeted or if this was, like, more of a hobby. Because she um, she has, like, rules about when he can and can't dress. He has, like, an alter ego. 
yeah. that he dresses as. Who, like, has a gnarly wig. I really, really wish that Mary had helped him with his wig. It needed some dry shampoo. It needed so much dry shampoo. <laughs> also needed some extensions in the lower layers because, man, it got ratty at the bottom. Oh, no. Like, I just want to help him. But this this wasn't that show. That this is was not, not that show. Not the same. <laughs> it's not. Um, so, yeah, just real sticky all around. Yeah, and then she takes him... So when we see him in drag, she takes him to this, like, club that is all people in drag, right? Yeah. And he's supposed to sell the, like, questionable dresses there. The Vegas dresses. And because he doesn't effectively sell the dresses, I believe that's where she comes to the decision that he can't dress as a woman in the store. Yeah, well, it was this very convoluted thing of, like, only people in drag would wear these dresses, so we obviously have to sell them at a drag club. Right. Which was already a big old question mark in my mind. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'm gonna take this man to the drag club so that he can feel more accepted dressing as a woman. This was her, like, therapist moment. Yeah, she was, like, trying to do therapy with him, and again, this is not that show. So I was like, ah. Neither is Bar Rescue, Kirsty. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. But then, damn it, does John Taffer try? <laughs> <laughs> I guess it wouldn't be like good reality TV without a little bit of therapy. Right. Maybe don't go that route. Yeah. Is kind of the yeah. bottom line here. Like maybe yeah. just don't. That's maybe not the approach right now. <laughs> Like, let's address the hoarding situation. Yeah, there's like some other stuff. Directly as it relates to the business, maybe. And then, as Kelsey said, she. So, in the midst of like trying to sell the dresses and trying to make him feel more comfortable with his identity, she's also like, and you can't dress in drag in the store. And I don't know why that was the moment because he seemed to have an understanding of this already. Yeah. Like, he seemed really comfortable with that concept without her introducing it at the club. Yeah, I don't, I didn't follow. (laughs) Why? It was just a lot. And then, then they do some adventures. (laughs) Um... So they take them on two adventures, which is definitely more than John Taffer does. You get far less of the physical space renovations and, like, yeah. far more playtime with friends. Yeah. So show. the first assignment they have is to go to a successful bridal shop. And they each have to pick out a window display worth of dresses, basically, and, like, arrange it. Yep. And... It- <laughs> It just seems like overkill because, like, just pick out the dresses and keep them on the hangers. Like, those mannequins are impossible. Well, not only that, but they didn't have them do anything else to stylize the dresses once they were on the mannequins. So they literally right. put them on the mannequin and then went outside and were like, oh, look at the dresses. Right. Never mind the, like, extended cut of the woman trying to get into the window. <laughs> oh, that was so mean. I felt so bad for her. They have this, like, huge half wall that she had to, like, climb over to get into the window display. But Kirstie learned a new word for the anatomy. 
was alarmed. <laughs> but apparently, in England, they call vaginas nannies. <laughs> she asked her if she heard her nanny. <laughs> me nani question mark with no context clues it's like i don't know <laughs> like as a human being i'm wildly uncomfortable with euphemisms for anatomy anyway i just find them all like really cringy but some people call their grandmothers nani <laughs> so how did that happen moment nope because she starts off and goes like did you land on your bits and i was already like reeling from that one like oh we're talking about the bits now <laughs> and then she just whips out naughty out of nowhere and i was like whoa oh my god <laughs> alarming day for vaginas everywhere <laughs> i think that woman would agree with you whatever her name was <laughs> agreed oh my god anyway anyway so yeah they had to they had to do that to figure out which of the three of them the owner the husband or the general manager had the best taste in dresses and was like closest to knowing what the like trends in wedding right. wear was um, it turned out to be the general manager. And you know what I wish we had spent a little bit more time on? What? Was some of her backstory. Because she seems wildly too qualified to be working in the store she's working in. She was my favorite side character. Yeah. She was, like, so gentle and such a good sport. But she was, like, whispering to Mary, like, all the ways that this was busted as fuck. I loved her because she was, like, trying to, like, sneak in her angles where she could. Uh-huh. And then she was also just kind of like, I don't really give a fuck. It's not my money. It's not my store. So she'd just kind of stand there and be like, yeah, I eat coleslaw sandwiches with them, but whatever. <laughs> and she, like, definitely thought she was better than them. Yes. In the best way, because she might be. <laughs> So it was decided that she, from now on, would be in charge of buying all of the clothing, like all the dresses. Yeah. Uh, because she had the best sense of what was on trend. Yeah. And the husband, who had previously been doing all the buying with the owner, was no longer allowed to do any buying because he picked the worst dress. Right. And I felt kind of bad for him. I felt like they were purposefully trying to be like, yo, you have shitty taste. He did have shitty but taste. But something had to be done. <laughs> I just, the thing I'm still getting used to, which comes up in the second show that we watched, is that, like, British people are mean. Mm-hmm. Which I'm into. I feel like a lot of us would be better off if we could be as blunt as the British are. Yeah. Yeah. But I just, it's, like, alarming in a situation like this, because even in Bar Rescue, I don't think they'd put them on blast like that unless they had, like, cockroaches in their fryer. Yeah. Fair. But also, like, like you said, 
<laughs> I wish more people would just tell it like it is yeah. to people in the workplace when yeah. they need to be told. Not that I have any feelings about that. Not that that's come up at all for me. Right. Recently. Ever. Ever. <laughs> We've never encountered this. Yeah, definitely not in the last 15 minutes of my work day. Right, right. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so, uh, so that was the first field trip. But tell me about the second field trip because that was my favorite field trip. The second one was batshit for like a hundred reasons, just on so many levels. So presumably, there's this train that you can take from somewhere in the UK to Venice in a day. And it's, like, one of the fancy trains, like, these exist in the world. I'm, I believe this part. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that there are trains. <laughs> <laughs> right. Where, like, you pay a lot of money and they give you, like, a five-course meal and there's all this shit. And, like, the point of the trip is to take the train ride, not just to get to the place. Yeah. So, whatever. So, she wants to, Mary wants to teach these people uh, how to have better customer service. And... She wants them to observe and also apparently participate in <laughs> the way that this train operates and treats its very special customers. So they do that. Um, and let's just say that the train did not have enough coleslaw sandwiches to keep our uh, <laughs> store owner happy through the train ride <laughs> she was not happy she was not happy so they like dress up in the uniforms and do the whole thing and they have to like serve shit and these poor people on the train like were not expecting this and the woman who owns the store can't handle it anymore and she's like opening the window and she's like, I need fresh air. And she's like, I've usually had two coffees and a tea by now. And I haven't had anything. And she, like, can't handle it at all. She's, like, in one of the the cars for that's, like, just two people. And she's holding a tray of food on her arm. And she's, like, so upset because the tray of food is making her arm hot. And so she finds, like, so another server in the room and is like, take this. I'm too hot. It's too yeah. hot. <laughs> <laughs> not cut out for the service industry it's like two thousand pounds a ticket and like i don't know what the conversion rate is right now but it's like a lot of dollars mm -hmm. like so very many dollars the other weird thing among many about that trip yeah is that like i don't think that they take the whole trip the people yeah no i'm quite certain they didn't send them all the way to venice because had they done that, they could have done, like, the bridal shopping shit in Venice, at least. Like, oh, make damn, it worth it. that would have been fun. But instead, they're just like, this train goes to Venice, and we're going to be on it for the next 45 minutes. Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> I mean, I the one thing I kept thinking, it took me out of the show a little bit, because I was, like, so fixated on this. That was a huge liability for that train company. <laughs> Right? To take on. Like, I'm sure the show comped a bunch of those people's tickets. Like, anyone who was on camera, I'm quite certain, got a free ride or at least, like, a discounted ride. Yeah. But, as I said, it's 2,000 pounds a ticket. And they made a big deal in the show, which is true, about how people pay all this money and expect the best experience. Like, they don't want right. anything to go wrong. They don't want their servers to be clumsy. They don't want anything to be out of place. 
because they spent a lot of fucking money to have this like grand experience. Yeah. And now you've got these buffoons bumbling around <laughs> and a camera crew all up right. in your grill. And like they're just a little unkempt. A little. Like the guy has this really long hair and they it's like stringy yeah. and they make him tie it back, which he does. He does. Sure. But like that's the the crustiness that is kind of like surrounding them versus like the very polished people who are working on that train. Right. It's just like, I don't want you serving me food, maybe. <laughs> if I had to choose. And they in general they just like have no like no self awareness. Yeah. It's just sort of their whole MO is that they lack a complete understanding of like how they come off to the world around them. Although the guy is like much more aware than his Oh wife. for sure. For sure. Yeah. 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 I mean, his his biggest thing like each person had a thing that they worked on in the episode. And his biggest thing was like that he needed to take some business classes and be more prepared to be like the bookkeeper. And like not be the stylist. Yeah, not be allowed to do any of the buying a product. And her biggest thing is that she completely and utterly lacks professionalism of any kind. Yeah, sure does. <laughs> so after the trade, um, they decide they get their reno. Yes. And I don't believe it's any of their own money going into the reno. It didn't sound like it. Also, they were making very little money. <laughs> like so little. I felt very bad for them. Yeah. Um so they get their reno, and Mary Porvis convinces them to move the bridal shop into the bigger space, and then the seamstress slash whatever business <laughs> into the smaller space. And for, I don't know, it doesn't feel like they really upgraded. No, they cleaned it up, and yeah, it definitely like looks better, but... They spent 16,000 pounds on it. Yeah. Which I'm sure most of that money just went to, like, removal right. of stuff. But then when they went in, it was... They had, like, a couple racks on the walls and, like, black carpet, and they painted the walls gray. Like, the biggest thing was just that it wasn't trashed. Yeah. It looked like... So I when I had to buy my wedding dress, I chose not to buy around where I live because the choices that I had were really not great. She chose to make us drive forever. <laughs> okay, for me Ottawa. it was a lot less time than it was for you, but That's fair. You know. It's, <laughs> it's not my fault you don't border Canada. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I can't see the North Pole. <laughs> you can't see the North Pole and that is not my problem. <laughs> <laughs> but uh it, that's that's all a story for another day but what they upgraded her store to reminded me very much of one of the stores in my hometown that I could have gone to yeah it's the same sort of like clean enough for a high school girl looking for a prom dress and right like okay enough for some someone from cheapest weddings yeah. For example, the exact same bridal shop exists in a town up on the Canadian border. 
And uh, one time, and I was up there once um, to go to a brewery, and in their window display, they had a camo bridesmaid dress with a matching camo suit. Yeah. I remember this. Yeah. I got a picture of it. You sure did. It was mm-hmm. real special. So, like, it sort of felt like that caliber. When and they we were don't done. know anything about the neighborhood. Yeah. Well, that's not totally true. Mary did a drive through and said that they're located, like, in the town square and are surrounded uh, yeah, yeah, by yeah. a bunch of, like, yeah. big fancy houses. Right. Right. That's fair. That's the extent of what we know. So just, like, the immediate shopping location yeah. is, like, very fancy. Yeah. It's kind of cheaped out, but they inexplicably got a Skype-enabled mirror. Yeah, which was a real something. Mm-hmm. You know the thing I didn't understand when they uh, moved the evening wear down to the other space? Yeah. Is why wouldn't you have at least one rack in the bridal store with bridesmaid dresses? I couldn't tell if they just eliminated the evening wear completely. Uh, I thought they kept it because the whole point of that was that they could also sell bridesmaid dresses. Oh, maybe. Or not the whole point, but that was, like, one of the angles they were going right. for. Because, like, part of the appeal of, like, the average bridal boutique is that the bride brings her bridal party and everybody does the thing. Except for us. Oh. <laughs> we did not do the thing. We did not do the thing. Because I thought that I was being a kind and generous and thoughtful bride you by were. not asking everybody to buy a bridesmaid dress. And it turned out... That everybody did not like that choice. No, everyone liked that choice as a concept. It got tricky because Kirsty gave no parameters. <laughs> and I stand by it, goddammit. You guys all ended up wearing the same color without talking to each other anyway. We did talk to each other because I posted my dress. Who listens to this podcast? <laughs> Oh my god. 
<laughs> the other day, I was going through my online gallery, and I came across that picture of you and Amanda standing on the ramp. <laughs> <laughs> bridesmaids they change yeah. the, they do the thing and upgrade the thing sure do uh <laughs> and that's pretty much it right yeah they have a, an actual bride come in who i'm quite certain bride. they um gave a dress for free to it's sort of like when bar rescue does the opening weekend parties yeah and you know everybody got their meal comped yeah um so yeah they get this bride in and she uses the skype mirror and presumably buys the dress but we're not really sure. They kind of make it seem like she did, but meh. yeah. And then uh, Mary has like a very sweet goodbye with them. She reminded me very much of Mary Berry, all those British Marys, in the sense that um, she seems like genuinely nice. Yeah. Like she seems like she works hard to like actually build a relationship with the people she's working with. Yeah. Even though she's there to like cast judgment on them. Yeah. And then you get somewhat of a where are they now. Right. Which was like, they're not making money. But they think they will soon. Basically. It was kind of sad. That's like how most bar rescues end though too. Yeah, it's true. So overall, 10 out of 10 would watch again. I'm so excited to watch the next two episodes. I was genuinely disappointed that I couldn't squeeze them in before recording. I'm not going to commit to not being recappers of Mary Mary Porvis Secret Shopper. <laughs> if you all know where to get cuz I just I looked it up there's like it started in 2011 and is still on the air. Uh. uh oh it looks like it was 2011, 2015 and 2016 so it's only 3 seasons and spread out over weird years. But if you all know where we could find that, I'll watch the hell out of it. I'm going to get my VPN thing set up. Ooh, there you go. Because I've been waiting to watch Grand Designs. Uh-huh. It's only on Danny's computer, which is always occupied. So I was yeah. like, <laughs> can, I, can I have my own? <laughs> uh, he yeah. tried. He tried so hard. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's my plan. I love this show. I love it so much. This show <laughs> is amazing. I can't believe Netflix only has three episodes. What the fuck are you doing to me, Netflix? I know. It's like a weird version of Netflix, what have you done? It is. I think I, like, in the scheme of things, I appreciate it more than Bar Rescue, too, because Bar Rescue, like, people are typically either getting overserved or they're getting food poisoning. Yeah. And that's not that fun. No. No, and when they take apart the bar, there's, like, always really horrifying things, like the example of the cockroach in the fryer 
cake. Yeah. Or no, it was a dead bird in a fryer. That's what it was. Always something in that fryer. And there's always something in the fryer. Dear God, people, be so careful what fried food you eat in establishments. If there's a yeah. carpet on the floor of the restaurant. Nope. I mean, first of all, don't, but don't eat anything fried. Nope. But yeah, like they're always finding nasty things and it's just like, there's only so many episodes that you can watch before you're like, please don't show me the kitchen. Right. And like the worst thing that can happen in retail is what, like bad customer service? (laughs) Well. I'm not saying that. I know there's bad, but like. We haven't seen the other two episodes. People aren't typically like getting food poisoning. No, that would be a neat trick actually. It would. Although Mary was very concerned that they weren't serving water in that bridal store. Yeah. And if they had been, that's probably the type of, of retail establishment where you could get food poisoning. That's probably true. <laughs> that's been 50 minutes on Mary Porma's Secret Shopper. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a 43-minute episode. <laughs> Feels sp- about right. We spent 51 on it. Whoops. It's really good. So, do you want to talk about the one that I found less good? Yeah, let's talk about this one. I also found it less good, and I'm also going to watch more of it. I don't know that I can. I have at least one more episode in me. Okay. So what what was this show? So this show was Weekend Aristocrats. Mm-hmm. And the premise of this show is that there are a bunch of rich people in the UK who are the barons of various castles. Mm-hmm. And because these castles are old as fuck, they're very expensive to take care of. And so these various barons have to allow the plebes to come to their castles in order to make money to keep the castles running. So, I don't know if it's that I didn't read the description, <laughs> but my opinion of what I, or my expectation when I started this show, was that it was going to be plebes just being allowed to live as aristocrats for the weekend. (laughs) Yeah, you didn't read the description. (laughs) I didn't realize it was going to be like Airbnb this castle. See, I missed that part too. The way I understood it from reading the description was that it was like rich people who happened to own castles, but in these are modern times. So I was thinking it was more like this rich person, like, has a flat in London, but they also happen to own a castle that they have to go to sometimes. I I just wasn't, I wasn't ready. And they, in classic British reality TV show fashion, give you literally no context. They just jump right in. (laughs) No, you're just in it and you're like, okay. (laughs) So now we're talking about how this castle is hosting a wedding. Oh God, now we're talking about a different baron. I don't know where I am anymore. Right. It's like when you just get thrown into the pool and you don't get to wade in slowly. It's like, okay. (laughs) So this is where I live now. Yeah. So the episodes do like three castles? Two. There was three. Two. No. Two. There was... No. There was the place with the wedding and the place with Halloween. And the place with the guy who had the other wedding. The guy with the other wedding? The guy who likes the women. Yeah, that's the that's the wedding guy. That's just the one guy. There was guy. another wedding with the woman who said there was too much taxidermy in the house. Yeah, that was his wife who divorced him halfway through the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. 
Because re- remember she makes the joke about how she's the acceptable face of the, the whatever it's called? I think they were two different locations. No, they... <laughs> I'm going to prove this to you. Because it was like Mon... Oh, no. Mon... Monham. Monsel... Monsham. Oh, oh. Or whatever. And... Chilling him. <laughs> I don't, oh. I don't speak just, British. I didn't know what you were asking me when you asked me if they got divorced. Yeah, they wicked got divorced halfway through. I don't... I... <laughs> yeah, that's the same guy. <laughs> Um, oh okay he has so we start off with the first guy i'm trying to find the name of the places one is begins with the sea that's the one that's like chilling him yeah yeah yeah. the other one is it starts with an m and it's like mon monsal sure monsal i looked it up and chilling him so, <laughs> Monsel House is this guy, and he is, like, super, he's just, like, buck wild. He's super inappropriate. He uh, likes to get all up in everyone's grill and make inappropriate jokes. And he has this wife who is, like, the, she refers to herself as the acceptable face of Monsel House. She also appeared to be, like, significantly younger than him. Oh, yeah. Because this dude is, like, in his 70s, probably. Yeah. And she was, like, 50. Yeah. There's also a cardboard cutout of her in one of the windows behind a bush. There's one of him in the window. Well, they do that after they get divorced, though. Before the divorce, it's only her. I am so thrown off by this whole divorce (laughs) that I didn't know. (laughs) I love it. It makes me really happy. I thought he was a different old white man. <laughs> no. They're all the same. They're all the same old white man. Um, so, anywho, her whole... Th- so, their whole thing is that they host weddings. Yeah. So, you can, like, rent it out for the whole weekend, and everybody in your wedding can stay there. You can have, like, 50 people there, and you have, like, the whole event there. Do you wish that you had your wedding in the castle? You know, I go back and forth on it, in all seriousness. <laughs> Because it seems like a great idea until you see the decor inside of a castle. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they were showing several different wedding pictures, and, like, they were showing one of the brides descending this, like, um, staircase that was carpeted in this, like, ridiculous red oriental rug. And I just, I don't think that's, I didn't, it would have clashed with my dress. Yeah. Just, you know, it wouldn't have been a good look. Your dress needed to be outside. It needed to be outside. And, like, I got married on a working farm, so, like, we all make our choices. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we all walk through those fields. You all did. Although, in fairness, the fields that we walked through were cornfields and not cattle fields. Right. Well, you all. I actually did have my portraits taken in a cattle field. Well, look at you now. It's normal. There were flowers. It was pretty. It was pretty. <laughs> I only had to step over one cow pie. Oh. Anyway... They do weddings, and the wife is like, we try to keep him away from the weddings until people have had a few drinks because he says offensive things, and people are okay with it when they're drunk. Yeah. And basically, the way in which he is offensive is that he doesn't like plebes. 
No, that's the other guy. No, he's, no, 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 no. The other guy says it more gently, but this guy is outright like, I like powerful rich people. I like investment bankers. I want bankers to come and have their events here so they can give me tips on the stock market. Oh, okay. Okay. So then halfway through, (laughs) she divorces him. (laughs) So we like, we segue away and we focus on the other castle for a little while. And then we come back and he's now a divorced sad man. (laughs) <laughs> which i missed i which thought we were in a third location <laughs> and it's really funny <laughs> so when we come back we learn about the wedding that's being hosted there and the reason that it's important that he doesn't like plebes is because these people have like a pretty quirky wedding um she's a police canine trainer and so they have like their dogs come to the estate and they have dog themed cupcakes and their reception dinner is in their gym jams. Rehearsal dinner. Yeah, rehearsal dinner. Sorry. Yeah. In in their gym jams, which in is a new, a new word I learned. <laughs> or pajamas. <laughs> they had a pajama party. So he, like, dresses up in his suit to go and greet the guests. And he walks into the dining room and he's like, good lord. <laughs> Why are you all in your gym jams? <laughs> Why are you all in your gym jams? <laughs> and they're like, we thought it'd be fun to have a pajama party. <laughs> and he's so disturbed by it. Yeah. Can we talk about, can we address his like weird thing with women or is that coming later? Oh yeah, no, we can, we can go there. I was about to tell the story about him trying the drink with the bartender. So it actually okay. like, segues nicely. Okay, great. <laughs> just want to make sure we're covering our bases. We're going to get there. They make this, like, blue drink, and he tries it, and it makes him very upset. Yeah. Anyway, he only hires women, like, young women. Yeah. And all <laughs> the women on staff know this and are, like, okay with it. Yeah, they think it's cute. I don't, like, this is yet another sticky situation where the show presents it in such a way that I'm not sure how I'm supposed to navigate it. <laughs> and yet, here we are. Here we are. <laughs> and he he's like, he makes some comment about how people always point out that only beautiful women work for him. And he's like, well, they're beautiful because I picked them for their brains. But, like, I love having beautiful women around the house. Yeah, it was uncomfortable. I was like, are you trying to be Hugh Hefner? Yes. Yes. Ugh. What? And they interview a couple of the women about it, and they're all like, oh, yeah, of course he only hires women. Right. But then what about that one person? Oh, they interview this one woman, and she, her whole interview, her talking head, starts off with her saying, well, I got a bit of a promotion. Now I'm his right-hand woman, so I guess that's kind of the job. <laughs> <laughs> And they just cut away from it and start talking about something else. And I was like, but did she mean that? (laughs) But did she hear the words when they came from her face? But phrasing. But like, what? And then there's the scene where a dog shits in the ballroom. No, a peacock. What? It's a peacock. I thought that was a dog. No, definitely a large <laughs> ornamental bird. I was only half paying attention. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> what 
I did pay attention to was when he got a little shovel and said, this is my own pooper scooper. And then they did like seven minutes of close-ups of him picking up shit off the floor. <laughs> Kelsey, during that scene, he even says the words, I hate peacocks. I wasn't paying attention. I was eating my dinner. Listen. I've learned so much. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> Oh so God. do you want to talk about the BPD? BPD. He's alive. He is. And, you know, I think that we may actually differ in opinion on this because I kind of thought the first guy was the BPD. Oh, I thought the second guy was absolutely Either way. the BPD. Either way. So next we go to Chillingham Castle, which is owned by Sir Humphrey. Also known as Bonnie Prince Dude. <laughs> So known as Bonnie Prince Douche. <laughs> and Sir Humphrey is sort of like this lonely old man. And at his castle, they do like daily tours. And they also do like you can like book it for people to come and stay. Or they do they do this giant Halloween event. Yeah. And that's like their biggest thing of the year. And so the whole the episode is sort of like revolving around two different plot lines at Chillingham. One is them getting ready for Halloween and the other is this family who books a stay there for Halloween. So it's like yeah. a woman, her sister, her husband, and her child. Yeah. There might have been a couple other incidentals, but we never meet them. They also spend a lot of time with like the staff of this place. Yeah, way more than the other guy. I think it's because this old man is like a little bit more of a, a loon. Yeah, could be. And they're like, he rides on horseback every day, and you just kind of see him in the garden, and you're like, oh, that's the person. <laughs> that was, like, literally the quote. His horse, for what it's worth, is named Baracko Bouncer. Yep. So that happened. That, that. <laughs> so, yeah, he's just, like, a lonely old man who likes hanging out with the people who stay at his castle. So he takes this family on a tour of the castle and spends a lot of time dispensing life advice. And it's sort of vague platitudes about how, like, all people are the same and everyone has a lot in common. See, that's not what I got out of it. Well, we'll get there. Okay. He gets there. Okay. It all comes out. <laughs> but it's during this more nice phase. Yeah, yeah. Where he's talking about how they have so much in common. They're standing up on a wall looking out over the garden. And he starts asking them, do you have a garden? And they're all laughing because they live in, like, this tiny little house. And she, the the main woman is like, I have a very small one. And then he asks her sister, and she's like, well, I don't have a house. Right. So I don't. And he's like, ha, 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 poor people. I know. My favorite part in that exchange is he goes, do you have a garden in your mind? And she's like, yeah, it'll be great. And he goes... One's got to have a garden in one's mind. Yeah, he's like, he always says shit like that. He says, like, quotes that are, like, maybe not quotes. <laughs> There's a lot of, like, weird things that come out of his face. Like, if he says it earnestly enough, it could be put on an inspirational poster. Yeah. 
with, like, mountains and shit in the background. Right. But also doesn't mean anything. No. And so then they have dinner together. And this is when it all comes out. Yeah. (laughs) That I don't even know how they got to it exactly, but somehow they started talking about, like, socioeconomic status. And he's like, I only believe in wealthy bloodlines that lead to other aristocracy people. Because it's successes in your genes. Yeah. And I I was super impressed, actually, with the woman, sort of like the head of the family, because she really pushed him on it. Yeah. Like, she was really giving him some heat. But she was like, you know, what about socioeconomic status and the fact that like people don't have the same opportunity as people from rich you know generational families and he just doubles down and is like well, look at winston churchill's family right <laughs> and she's like so if you had kids you'd only want them to be with like other families like yours and he's like yeah yeah he tries to hide it he's like i would want to know that the parents and grandparents had had success in their battles yeah is how he phrases it yeah which i think was his way of trying to be like they got money and power yeah that's what it all boiled down to um so then the whole episode takes this weird turn where for the rest of the episode everyone is grappling with the fact that this conversation has taken place right with his like paying customers yeah who are plebes, by the way. Right. And then, like, when they go to leave, he, like, gives her this big hug, and he's like, I hope you forgive me for last night. I feel really bad about it. And I thought about it, and, like, really, people are all the same, and that's all that matters. And she's like, cool, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, come back. Yeah, he's like, come back anytime. Uh, he's like, I want to come see your house. She's like, lol, 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 lol. He's like, I've stayed in a regular house once. Oh my god, that was my favorite. He's like, I've had friends, uh, people who've worked for me over the last fifty years, and I've been to their houses in in the UK, in America, and Russia. So I I kind of get it. <laughs> Meanwhile, the lady who runs his house is like, he loses money every day. <laughs> My favorite thing he does, is it him? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Who goes to his staff every morning and asks them what they're doing for the day. Oh my god. So micromanagey. And the guy who's like the main groundskeeper has the look of absolute terror on his face the whole time. He's like, I I have a filter for the fountain. And he's like, basically got a flop slack going. Yeah. He's never been so nervous in his life. And they do it every single morning. Right. Can you imagine also, like, just having that be your life? Dear Lord, no. (laughs) And then, like, the, the, as all of this is going on, like, Halloween happens and all the staff is like, yay, we like the castle. Yeah, and they, like, inexplicably have a Halloween event, but they don't really show you much of what actually happens. No, no, that storyline got so murky. It did. I don't know if it was, like, they had, like, an outline written, and then when they reviewed the footage, they were like, oh, fuck, this took a turn. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, what exactly happened? But that edit did not come out the way they originally planned. No. (laughs) 
I also want to just note th- that the lady who does voiceover for this show, like, something's not right. Yeah, I agree. Something is very wrong. She almost sounds like Microsoft Sam. Who? You remember the the first, like, speech-to-text voice? Oh, sure, sure, Microsoft sure. Sam. Yeah. You don't know. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I was thinking of who... Yeah, never mind. Okay. I, I was going down a Mavis Beacon path. I didn't oh. Want to go down. oh my god, she does sound like Mavis Beacon. She does, right? Yeah, she does. What a throwback. <laughs> she taught me everything I know. Yeah, me too. We love her. We love her a lot. Hate watch Fave. <laughs> um, I'm looking at I had pulled up the um the season on Netflix to get the names of each of the castles. Yeah. And I'm looking at the other episode descriptions and it looks like they revisit. I don't know if they add more um, castles over time, but they revisit some as well. So in the second episode, they go back to Monsell house oh, in the no, third episode. More of him? They're back with Sir Humphrey. Sir Humphrey's Wait. back in episode four. Wait, I'm getting where you're going, but I need to talk about how the guy at whatever, um, won't eat food unless other people have paid for it and it's oh leftovers. God. Yes. Because we skipped that. And then he gets angry about horseradish. Oh my God, that was the best. They said he brought in what, like a million pounds that year in profit? Something like that. Because it was like, 11k for a weekend and they had like 87 weddings or something yeah so that math dude is up, but... it, he made he made a lot yeah dude is doing just fine and after the wedding has left the wedding that they profiled he's rifling through the empty refrigerator that's obviously not empty just as like a prop like it's clearly always that empty yeah and he says I don't eat during the week unless someone else buys it for me. Like, who are you? Who are you? Like, he literally only eats if the wedding being hosted there that weekend feeds him. Yeah, and he, like, spends ten minutes looking at a Capri Sun and deciding not to eat it, drink it. (laughs) And then he gets upset because he can't find his horseradish. He's like, if anyone took my horseradish. Oh, there it is. It's like, what are you going to eat it on? There's no food. Go to the grocery store. So you're just going to eat a spoonful of horseradish? Go to the grocery store. <laughs> and there, meanwhile, his staff is, like, stripping down the bedroom upstairs, and they're talking about how he reuses tea bags yeah. and reuses garbage bags. It was, like, a really weird side note that I wasn't ready for. It's just buck wild. It sounds like Sir Humphrey could learn a lesson, though. Yeah. Yeah. Like, maybe between the two of them, there's a happy medium. You would think, right? Overall, Cottage Life UK Cottage is a brand Life we can get behind. I found this show super zen. It's not my favorite show ever, and it, it seems like there's going to be more drama down the road. Like, it sounds like it's going to get more involved than I wanted it to. But, you know, it's a lot of just, like, panning shots of old castles and old people being silly. Yeah, obviously I 
tuned it out a few times. <laughs> a little bit. It would make fantastic knitting television. Yeah. Yes. Like, so would Mary, though. Yeah, for sure. I've been looking for shows that I can watch, like... I think I've mentioned on the show before that I multitask a lot. So, like, I'll set up my laptop on the kitchen counter and clean. Yeah, it's unacceptable, shows. but I'm not going to talk about that yes. right now. It's an issue for another day. Uh, and I knit, <laughs> and apparently now I embroider. <laughs> I just need, like, television that doesn't want a lot from me. And this yeah. fits the bill. Yeah. Oh, I watch TV a lot when I'm waiting for my files to export. <laughs> Oh, it's man. my editing, my editing TV, which does not seem productive. Well, because I have times when Audacity is doing stuff where I can't do anything else inside of Audacity. Because you don't have a MacBook Pro. I am well aware. <laughs> my darling love. <laughs> I know this fact. I should just start noise sampling our, our tracks and sending them to you. Oh, my God. It would probably be faster. That would save me so much time. It literally takes 10 minutes per track. Yeah, I can probably at least do my I own I watch tonight. a lot of TV when I edit. Should I not take that time away from you? It's fine. I've made it work right. this long. All right. We've been enough. at it for over a year. Oh, God. I know. <sighs> Side note, we missed our own birthday. Is it because I was late on the episode? <laughs> No, it was last week. No. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Yay. Yay. Oh, oh well, boy. if you want to wish us a happy birthday, <laughs> which I know you do. You definitely do. Yeah. You can do that by tweeting us your favorite GIF or I don't know. What else could they do? You know, by the time this airs, it'll have been two weeks ago. It's true. You could also leave us a, an Apple podcast review that's a happy oh, birthday. That would be a very um, nice happy birthday gift. Yeah. But so tweet at us if you don't want to do that at Hate Watch with us. You can also email us a lengthy birthday wish at hatewatchwithus at gmail.com. We also have a website, hatewatchwithus.com. It's probably outdated. And you can find our friends at Thought Bubble Audio across the internet um they have a new show that is called metro metropolis metro. tv metropolis we got there we got there <laughs> i had to really think about it metropolis yeah. yes they've got a new show and from what i understand there's possibly more coming unclear but maybe there's just like a lot happening and we have a lot of friends right now so you should probably come and join us and be friends with us too yeah so check them out it'll be great yeah and that's about it for us that's all the stuff next week we're back with the outlander omnibus so get hype get so hype we know you're gonna love it we're probably the most hyped for this one you think i am yeah, I'm pretty hyped for it, too. <laughs> well, I still have Jamie appreciation on the brain. Yeah. But you're right. It's not like we're not going to appreciate Jamie in this episode. That's true. See, I told we you every episode could be an Outlander episode if you try hard enough. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> we appreciated Jamie in this one, too. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Bye.
two, two, four, four, six, ooh, eight, yeah, twelve. <laughs> you said six when I was at eight. <laughs> but you, you said eight questioningly. <laughs> Because you had literally just said six, and I was already at eight. (laughs) I mean, they go in order, don't they? No, I... Yeah, I get how numbers work. (laughs) (laughs) I'm saying that time is the issue here. (laughs) Nothing fucks you harder than time.